NPTE StudyCast. Welcome to NPTE StudyCast. I'm Jimmy McKay, and that's Bridget Reba. Bridget, welcome back. Thank you. Looking at the hip right now, total hip arthroplasty. You might also see it as a THA. Don't get confused with the TKA. Exactly. <laughs> two different joints. Two different joints. Uh, describing it briefly, we know it's going to be about the hips. Hips don't lie. <laughs> That's right. They don't. Total hip arthroplasty, sometimes you can see it as a THR, a total hip replacement. Similar to a TKA or a TKR, this is usually an elective procedure that somebody undergoes when they've been suffering from chronic pain or chronic disability related to their hip. So it's usually a result of some sort of arthritis, whether that's OA, RA, or some sort of post-traumatic arthritis. But it can also be performed in patients who have a history of avascular necrosis or childhood hip disease, ankylosing spondylitis, hip fractures, or even tumors that have been removed in that area. Anatomy. All right, so we've mentioned hip a bunch of times. This is the part of the show where we say what's involved. We'll start with the hip. There's a lot of other things going on in there. Exactly. Total hip replacement surgery removes the damaged bone cartilage that may be contributing to any pain or dysfunction at the hip, and it replaces the damaged hip with a prosthetic or an artificial hip. So just like the knee, there are total and partial hip replacements. Partial is called a hemiarthroplasty and only replaces the ball of the hip joint, and this is typically used more with some of your elderly patients. But getting into the, the actual joint, the hip joint is that ball and socket joint, and the ball is the part of the femur and the socket is part of the hip bone or the pelvic bone. The type of hip replacement surgery performed varies with each individual's physical condition. The damaged femoral head is removed and replaced with a metal insert that's placed into the hollow center of the femur. And then a metal or ceramic ball is placed into the upper part of the femur, and this ball replaces the damaged femoral head that was removed. And the damaged cartilage surface of the socket or the acetabulum is removed and replaced with a metal socket, and screws or cement are sometimes used to hold the socket in place, and a plastic, ceramic, or metal spacer is inserted between the new ball and the socket to allow for a smooth gliding surface. Everything out, new stuff in. Exactly. That, you know what? That would have been an easier way to say it. <laughs> Special tests. All right. This is the part of the show where we say, uh, how do you prove it or disprove it? I think someone knows, an individual will know if they've had their hip replaced. But yeah. some stuff happens before and just after in terms of imaging. Sure. X-rays are usually taken prior to surgery just to determine the extent of the existing damage in the hip joint and to give the surgeon a better idea of what they're dealing with. Occasionally, an MRI is ordered to determine the condition of the bone and the soft tissue around the hip. But then also your medical history and physical exam are very important as well. Differential diagnosis. So I don't think we need to differentially diagnose a total hip replacement. Pretty much know if someone's had one. Right. So hopefully you know. Um, and also, again, going back to the fact that this is usually an elective surgery. Um, so again, people should know that they've had this surgery performed. That being said, we want to note that it's very important to know what kind of total hip replacement procedure was performed on the patient. Knowing whether it was an anterior or a posterior approach will determine what the patient's precautions are, which are really important to us as PTs, um, and it will guide our treatment and early mobility so they can maintain those precautions. And speaking of precautions, every now and then a patient will have weight-bearing precautions that are not weight-bearing and tolerated after the surgery, but it's usually because it's been the surgery's been a result of a fall or trauma and wasn't as elective. So this isn't the part of the episode where we talk about a sample question, but that's one right there you want to put in your brain. Precautions are an easy thing to ask on a test. Absolutely. 
working with individuals post uh, hip replacement uh, treatment examples? What are we looking at? Sure. So I always like to reference the ICF and working with your patient based on what you see in the exam and what's important to them and their goals as well. Also considering that acutely we're concerned about possible complications such as infection or DBTs or pneumonia. Checking the skin around the incision site and ensuring that it's clean and dry is important. Early mobilization is also incredibly important to reduce the risk of DVT and pneumonia in this population. Most patients with total hip arthroplasties will be seen post-op day zero, so that means that they'll be seen on the same day that they've had their surgery. That's where we come in as PTs, where gaining range of motion and strengthening is really important. So I always feel like when you can address range of motion and strengthening within their precautions, but with a functional activity, you kind of get the biggest bang for your bucks. For example, if you were practicing supine to sit while maintaining precautions, that's a great thing to practice with these patients so that they're not going home and potentially dislocating their new hip joint. So sometimes it's as simple as practicing functional mobility or also just strengthening activities. So, you know, negotiating the stairs is functional, but it's also a great strengthening activity for all the muscles around the, the hip and lower leg. Also keeping an eye on that incision site and initiating scar tissue massage as soon as it's been closed and staples or stitches are removed. Again, if you're seeing these patients post-op day zero, you want to make sure that you're keeping an eye out for their blood pressure and making sure they're not bottoming out and becoming orthostatic when you're getting them up for the first time. But I would say overall, we've kind of referenced it already, but as the PT, you really want to know the patient's precautions based on the type of approach they had. Yeah. So posterior approach, I'm just going to give them to you right now. Posterior approach, no hip flexion past 90 degrees, no internal rotation, and no crossing of the legs. Okay. Those are the big ones. I've found in my practice, most patients can recite what their precautions are, but implementing them functionally is totally different. They need to know that sitting in a chair, even if they're sitting in a chair, if that chair positions them where their hips are greater than 90 degrees, they might not be aware that they're in that much flexion. No bueno. No. If somebody's had an anterior approach, their precautions would be no hip extension, no external rotation, and no crossing the legs. And to further that a little bit, if you think no hip extension, that means no walking backwards. I don't know how many people walk around backwards, but no walking backwards to limit hip extension. And then also they are supposed to sleep on their surgical side if they're sideline, which is hard for a lot of patients to do because of the pain or the incision site being irritable, but they are not supposed to sleep on their non-surgical side because then that biases their hip into a deduction, which could potentially dislocate or cause issues with the new hip. What to know for the test. What you just mentioned in treatment examples, those precautions, I'm guessing, are the things that could easily be questioned about on the uh, exam. That is exactly what I have, is just knowing your precautions based on the approach. So your precautions will be different based on whether the patient has had a posterior or anterior approach. Perfect. That is a total hip replacement with Bridget Repa on NPTE StudyCast. Thanks, Bridget. Thanks, Jimmy. NPTE StudyCast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast.